What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. slash feud in the history of entertainment went viral this week. Elmo versus Rocco. I know myself and the Reverend Ray Cash, very passionate about it. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where you are reminded to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And I am joined this week by a full bandwagon. That is right. The gang is all here. We have the return of the Reverend Ray Cash after a mini-week hiatus. Excellent, excellent. And it's like they never missed a beat. Welcome back, Raymond S. Cashington Esquire the Third. As you can tell, the audience missed you. Thank you for that hearty. Welcome back. See, you made him laugh. Joke. Jokes aside, genuinely, it's good to be back with y'all. I've missed y'all dearly. I appreciate y'all holding me down for why I've been gone. You guys probably already know by now, but I, I love you guys dearly. It's good to be back. And um, 
Hey, shout out to Elmo. I'm Team Elmo. That's right, Team Elmo. You know who's not Team Elmo, apparently? It's David Ungar, the lawyer himself. He was like holding his head in his hands there. He was all upset. And I don't I don't get it. Why are you Team Rocco? <laughs> It's more like team. I don't give a shit. How how about that? That's oh, probably Dave. the team I'm on. Dave, how can you? There's such a soul sucking bit of joy you're taking away here, poor people. The best part about this is apparently this is like some long standing thing. Like I, I went back in the YouTube. It's been going on for like twenty some years. Yes. Like oh, he trying to push her pet rock, and then uh, Rocco and Elmo made an appearance on SNL today. Or not today, yesterday, uh, at, at the time of this recording, and, and again, Rocco seemed to get the best. As apparently on February seventeenth, uh, Saturday Night Live broke on as broken on Weekend Update will be hosted by Rocco with musical guest Rocco. So, <laughs> yes. excellent, excellent, excellent news. We um, have to round out the rest of the bandwagon. Of course, we do also have the live studio audience himself, the commissioner of the Chair Shot Radio Network, Mr. PC Tony. How are you today? Uh, team Rocco or Team Elmo? This is really important stuff. Hard hitting. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I actually roll with an underground crew that's headed by Cookie Monster and Snuffleupagus. So that's kind of where I, where I lie. Now, did you see the, the the Twitter exchange that then took place when The Rock got involved in the Elmo uh, Rocco feud that resulted in a challenge to said Cookie Monster? Honestly, I do love Sesame Street, and even being forty, going on forty-one, I will still stop and you know check out a minute here or there if I happen to be scrolling through my digital channels. Uh, but I haven't seen any of this can we you're get missing move? out yeah yeah I'm, right? I'm working i got too many screens i got too many screens hold on there you go. There's your this made good morning america so important man you gotta understand like this was hard this was big time news in our pandemic world today oh good good morning america i apologize there you go that's right michael strahan is very upset with you it's even well, still on that show. Yeah, he's on there. He's making all the money. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, all the dollars, all the dollars. Listen, listen, listen. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. See, I got, I got Sesame Street going. That's fair. Uh, Dave is the one who is not like the others. Fucking Dave. Fucking Dave. All right. Well, hey, anyway, we do have quite a we have quite a loaded bandwagon. Ray, in his absence, was so excited to come back. He flooded the bandwagon nerds direct message uh, feed with like headline after headline. So we are going to talk a lot of Marvel today. Uh, I, I think that'll be the crux of news around the nerdosphere. There's going to be some rumors in there, some news, maybe a little bit of a bandwagon Mia culpa, although Dave was kind of a, uh, against it, he he was he was saying no, we we owe no apologies. Uh, and then in the second half, we are going to talk some Disney and Pixar because there is something a brewing between the little uh, I don't even know what you call Pixar in relation to Disney, that little sub company, uh, that little subsidiary, yeah, you know, subsidiary, subsidiary yeah. of Disney. Caboose? There might be some, 
uh, something like that. But there is some trouble brewing, or at least some discontent. Who knows if it goes anywhere? But before we get into any of that, we are once again going to go into uh, coverage of a show that I'm sure Ray has not kept up on because he's been busy. But we are going to toss a coin, everybody, to the Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh Valley of Plenty, oh Valley of Plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your Witcher, oh Valley of Plenty. And I got to thinking after I watched this week's episode, which I loved a lot more than I have any of the previous episodes, because finally I felt like mo- motion, things were really in motion here. And, and I remember if you all go back to last week, I was a little dissatisfied and Tunny um, even shared like, you know, shared as well that like he's having trouble getting into this season. It's just not feeling the same. And I think I finally figured out why, Tunny. Um, and this is based on what I've learned about you. They've got full Lord of the Rings with this season with everybody being in disparate directions doing different things and it's all going to come together at some point like lord of the rings does eventually but you have shared in our conversations on this program that like that's not your jam and, and that you've fallen asleep you've never actually been able to get through an entire movie in any of the trilogies. i've seen the first half hour of the first movie like four times and yeah, so there were. That's there were, true. Like, that's true. I know, I'm sorry. I know, I know. I know it's true. I know it's true. And that, and that's what I got to thinking. Like this is this season has been slower, oddly enough, than, than last season as it starts to build the things. But I think a lot of a lot of reveals take place, and we're gonna we're gonna get a convergence now because if you look at what happened in this particular episode, you have Siri going on this weird mind walk thing, learning about her parentage that just goes completely sideways. Yennefer and her efforts to rescue what's-his-name the Bard, because there you go, everyone. Take your drink. Patrick O'Dowd has forgotten the name of the characters. Um, yes. she, yes, 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 yeah. Yes, um, she I've drink- And I've been drinking, dude. Has hit the point of desperation, in their, her attempt to get her magic back, that she appears to be able, is that she's going to succumb to this entity that has been taunting her for the last two episodes, and she's sending her after who? Dave. Siri. Dave is frozen. Dave is. Dave, Dave can still hear us, but his face is stuck <laughs> in a gray. I I love technology. This has happened a lot lately, man. Yeah. It's crazy. To she's uh, sending her after uh, after her our good friend Siri apparently. Yes, indeedy. That was bizarro as it looked like he left the call entirely and came back. But yes, it apparently Yennefer is going after Siri. Geralt um, it meets uh, Siri's, or not Siri's, Yennefer's former, but we had a couple of like meetings of louvers in, in this episode. One where we're like, I'm still, I still love her, man. And Geralt was like, okay. Um, and that was really kind of the crux of it. But as the, he goes to try and investigate, that's right. Um, he goes to investigate what's going on with these citadels, and he learns that the citadel wasn't really destroyed so much as this giant chasm has been created, 
And we are learning that there is some sort of convergence of worlds that is taking place that is bringing these new sort of hyper-powered beasts into existence. And one shows up during that weird little dream walk as uh, the little O'Dowd caught. He's like, that looked like a rock dragon as it flew off. So I, I'm going with rock dragon as the name of the creature. And you can't convince me that it is otherwise. Uh shale or slate it looked like kind of uh to be more specific i mean we didn't have a geologist on site to actually analyze what it was i was good at geometry but i don't know about geology so is there a little bit of a difference between the two tony just saying (laughs) one one's triangles and squares and the other one's you know triangular uh, square triangular and square rocks yeah there. Density, porous. Stones, quartz, pyrite, yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Sure. Excavating, innovating, dividing, subdividing. Uh, oh, okay, then. So I think uh, I think we've had enough of that conversation. Uh, but it all seems to be leading to everybody's going to be meeting up into one spot. We also uh, can um, – what was the other? There was one other plot thread. Somebody help me. What's his name? Made it back to Nilfgaard. Oh, Kahir. Yeah, oh, it, it quickly, yes. it quickly uh, got bitched down as he tried to assert his uh, his authority, and it didn't work out so well. Well, yeah, yes and no. Like well, somebody was, was oh, yeah, you're back. Yeah, well, he, okay, so he got in. He didn't have to fuck. Like he, he told the guards who was who, but at the same time, like he right. he got told like you're not who you think you are anymore. Here, it did it did, it did take Fringilla to get him to get him in. Yeah, I'll I'll buy that. So, but yeah, I guess. Oh, and the other thing, I guess we should talk about um, if we're really going to hit on the big thing is we nearly got Siri the Witcher, like very very nearly. Did you? Did any? Did you? Either of you think that she was actually going to end up taking that? I I did. I I kind of was was wondering. On board, I was like, "Oh, do it!" You know, it was like I was like, uh, "I was um, I was Ben Stiller." In Starsky and Hutch, do it, do it, do it. That would be sucked. Do it, yeah. But I love that little bit. Do it. That's fine. I, I like it. Watch. I watched the movie one times. I, That's I, what can, I, appre- the movie, so. I can appreciate that about you. I, I don't. I want to boo you right now, but I'm. No, that was like a that was a compliment. Like the, the movie <laughs> sucks, so you only watched it once, but you watched it through. So I can appreciate that about you. I, gen- I generally see things through to the end. Um. We also get to see a mage who uses fire with no fear of consequence. Right. Which got, is... got Siri very, or not Siri, Yennefer very cleverly burning the dude's face off. That was pretty sweet. That was, I thought that was an understated important aspect of the episode because fire is generally regarded as an aspect of chaos magic that if you use it, it consumes your ability to use magic and it probably consumes your soul in more ways than one. But yeah, like you're saying, Pat, this guy had no reservations about using his fingers as a big lighter and, you know, basically just dominating people and, and really tormenting poor Yaskier until Yennefer rescues him. But he mentions exactly what you just said, Dave, while he's torturing is that the fire will consume your soul. He doesn't right. care. He gives no fucks about it, Tony. 
exactly. It's it's crazy. By the way, that that character's whole gimmick with the finger snapping and the brain, like that was a very well put together scene of him torturing Yasker, Yaskier, and um, just the the way like Yaskier's in this in the tavern and it's dark and just like one by one lights. It's very 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 strong horror elements to it. That was that was awesome. It was delightful. Um, but I yeah I liked this episode. This episode felt like we were actually like we're starting to build towards something. The other comp that I wanted to make this to uh, is a show that I can't stand, but this was the mo that it used to follow. Dragon Ball Z. So Dragon Ball Z, the whole it's an anime. Sorry, Tony, you probably. Uh, oh no, I know, I I know what it is. Ray, Dragon Ball. Ray, Z. jump in here. You know all about Dragon Ball. But, but here's the thing about the show Dragon Ball is like there's this big fight that is going to happen, but we have to take 40 episodes to like build to the fight and do like these things. And then when you then when you finally get to the fight, it's like three episodes of crazy. And that's what people wait for in Dragon Ball Z. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ray. All facts. Well done. And I contributed, so proud. Of, I'm proud of myself. Right? Did you get past episode one? Man, look, I'm be honest with you. At the time I was watching The Witcher was a very horrible time, and I just oh, I focused so much stuff on other things. I'm, but it's I really need to get on it, and I plan on it. I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg like lock and key. Like I actually liked what I saw. I just need to really it's, focus it's on watching. It's very funny, by the way. Every time you finished a sentence, you thought I was going to let you off the hook with talking, and you keep remuting yourself, so you have to unmute yourself. This is this is good podcasting. I love it. Um, so it seems like we're on a path now, Dave, uh, and we're heading, uh, we're heading towards God knows where, um, Sintra is where we're going. Sintra is the place. Uh, you guess, I I get, I mean, I mean, part of them are in Sintra. It seems like that's the way they're going. I think that's where the convergence is going to happen with these people is that Sintra is where this is going. Well, the interesting thing about this episode was that you learn that you learn a lot of history here. You learn about the history of the witchers and why there aren't any new ones and Vesemir's quasi desperation to, you know, they do, they do create the elixir that will allow them to create new witchers, but there's a lot of reluctance, especially on Trista's part to give it to Siri, knowing what it might do. Um, and, And I think, you know, the part we didn't mention is, is this kind of, alternate reality that Triss and Siri enter into where they're not supposed to be able to be seen or heard, but that goes all sideways. And then you're well, supposed to be memories or something, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it ends up not being that way. And you get this scene with Siri's mother that kind of morphs into something different. And Triss leaves this whole ordeal convinced that Siri is not a savior, but a destroyer. And, and that's obviously going to affect their relationship moving forward. But yeah, you do have Yennefer apparently wanting to strike a deal to get her magic back with this demon, I guess is one thing, this 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 creature, whatever entity that portrays other people. And now, yeah, has got Yennefer thinking she needs to take out Ciri to get her power back. Uh, but you also learn that the conjoining of the worlds that they thought happened apparently didn't happen. And now it's just like monsters from one reality coming into the witcher's reality. So his understanding of the world has kind of been blown apart. 
Everything's a multiverse now, guys. Everything's a multiverse. Who right. ends up who ends up getting that penta hexa shot that turns you into a witcher? Because there was like five or six uh, prongs coming out of that uh, injection that that was about to happen. But who, someone's going to get that, right? Like someone's going to get that shot. Who is going to get it? And is that person going to turn into a witcher or is that going to kill somebody? I think it's going to make somebody more powerful. And I, I still think it's serious. You think you, maybe not in a good way. Maybe not maybe in a good way. Maybe the old man takes it himself and turns. He's already a witcher, though. But he could be That's the super saying, witcher. What happens, what, what happens if they do it again? I don't know. Like what? Like Geralt's supposed to be the hero here. What happens if Geralt's the one who gets the poke? Your boy Henry Cavill. Uh, I don't. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, I. Kahir getting it somehow, some way intrigues well, me. Your your man crush for Cavill though would grow exponentially if he became like super witcher. He'll Henry Ungar, like by the way, super Superman, <laughs> super yeah, super witcher. witcher, super Witcher man, man of Witcher, bandwagon nerds, Witcher, witcher of Steel, so this there, is Witcher of Steel, super Witcher man, Witcher of Steel. Can't you tell that he's already kind of a little bit titillated at the thought right now? Like oh, he's, yeah. all, he's all I think you're titillated. Oh, Feel oh. these nipples. Yeah, uh, see, no, that's why that's why you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast right now. Where, by the way, it's three degrees outside. I love it. Congratulations. Oh. Feel bad for you. Don't feel bad for me. You live in no, Wisconsin. I that was being facetious. I know. I hear you. I just wasn't playing along. <laughs> oh, I'm- what are you dancing for? What are you dancing for, Cash? You don't know. You got to understand. Anytime anybody else gets booed on this show, I get happy because I'm not alone fucking sadist we, we love you Ray. <laughs> well i will stand there and get booed with you just because you know you're my boy don't worry it, it's coming my way it's coming back yeah, around there you go there you go yeah. yeah winter storm is here something is coming our way starting this evening very excited over here in new england uh for our for our, one of our nor'easters and nobody cares about that as they listen to this this podcast so yeah i think Centra's is the place Ray cares. Yeah. You care. I care. Yeah, about that's, your well-being, brother. Fuck you, Dave, and you're 55. Dense fog advisory. It's like London oh, over here. That's what dense fog advisory. <laughs> so uh, anyway, as we play the, this is the definition of like. Okay, right now we're a fucking progressive commercial or whatever it is. Like we have all this done turned into our parents' thing. And should be ashamed of ourselves. We need that dude with the mustache to show up and stop us. All right. I think that tells me all I need to know about where we are in the Witcher conversation for this week. We're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. And when we go, when we come back, we're going to do some news around the nerdosphere. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, everyone, welcome back. And normally, when I do news around the Nerdosphere, Dave, I'd be like, Dave, play the music. But today, I'm not going to ask you to play the music. Because all the news today has to do with this. That's right. This week's edition of News Around the Nerdosphere is all about news and rumors surrounding the Marvel Cinematic Universe. By the way, happy anniversary to WandaVision, which came out a year ago today. Uh, as oh. um, good on them. Yeah. Uh, the most successful run of, uh, of streaming shows in, in Disney Plus history kicked off there. But right you missed us. You, you said you, you have stated this very much so. You missed us so much that in anticipation of your return this week, did you just like spend every waking hour on MCU The Direct um, website? Is that like because you shared so many articles? I, I had to I had to like literally go to their Twitter feed to f- to find out where the first article was posted and then like work my way backwards to get this stuff in the rundown, which by the way, I didn't get out until this morning because I got, and I low key got trolled by Mr. Tunney. Uh, not low key, straight up trolled me. Like there was no low key to it. Um, being all like, I'm at my morning coffee. and don't have my rundown. I'm sorry. I had nerdy shit to do on Saturday. All right. I was playing some serious dungeons and dragons there and it took a lot of time, man. We literally fought a dragon. So things needed to happen. And that is the nerdiest thing to happen on bandwagon nerds today. So far. Why are you rolling your eyes? As if you don't fucking play board games like all the damn time. Big nerd. You rolled your eyes pretty hard. No, I didn't. You're you're seeing things. I was I was agreeing with you, nodding when you said you fought a dragon. I was like, that's important. That's it was. We handled our business. Anyway, all right. So we we are going to look at rumors surrounding three different franchises, and we're going to start with the next movie. I think up on the docket. No, it's not. Is, no, is it next? Next is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah, Doctor Strange. And this is a a um, bonkers Doctor Strange rumor that that again Raymond S. Cashington the Third shared with us. 
that says that Marvel, for the Doctor Strange flick, has reportedly been in contact with one Ben Affleck for a Doctor Strange 2 role. Now, if you go and you read the article, and it's always important to read the article from these places, it's it's not quite as clear as, as they want you to think it is because, Ray, why would people make a big deal out of Ben Huflack, I mean Ben Affleck, being contacted for a role in the Doctor Strange movie? Well, Mr. O'Dowd, there is a certain uh, role that Mr. Affleck played in the early 2000s um, that was critically panned uh, and yet made him uber popular. And that is the role of Matt Murdock, also known as Daredevil. And we are in the world of multiverses and variants henceforth. Right. And, and yeah, so that, that's the rumor. Dave, when you saw this, this line, your reply was... Goddamn, I can't wait for Batman to be in Doctor Strange 2. That was my initial response. <laughs> but your response, okay, so what was your real response? Uh, well, at, after I read it, my initial response was that makes no damn sense at all because we just went to the trouble of introducing Charlie Cox's Daredevil into the MCU. Then I stopped and thought about it a little bit more. And I go back to No Way Home. And I see what they did with Andrew Garfield in a role where critically panned fans were lukewarm about it. A lot of people had a sympathy for him for the fact that this wasn't his fault, which is very comparable to the complaints that we got for Ben Affleck's portrayal of Daredevil. So, you know, and, and a lot of the other stuff that Ray shared touches upon this, this sentiment, which is overriding theme right now with Marvel is that, are they on a mission to redeem these movies and franchises that didn't do so well because they weren't in charge? And is this a way of bringing some redemption to Ben Affleck's Daredevil character in a multiversal setting where anything goes? So I initially said this is ridiculous. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe not so much. Mr. Mr. Tony, did you see the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie? Do I have to? No. In fact, you're probably better for not. Exactly. I'm well aware of it and its success. <laughs> um, what what I would what I would say is this is a tease. I, I Ben Affleck has a huge allegiance to Warner Brothers, does he not? I mean, like I, I compare this to like people thinking Mickey James is going to defend the fucking Impact knockout championship on wwe television so this it's cute it's fun it, it's nice to go to bed and dream of things as such but it ain't happening right i'm throwing this rumor out the window faster than novak Djokovic getting kicked out of australia we took a while waiting actually. on that, that you've been, took a while. You've been, and you've been <laughs> waiting on that joke all show her huh? i that like you were so ready to throw that out there that was, I that was thought of it as like that. This rumor, swear oh. to God. Yeah, that was excellent, Patrick. I mean, just just I tank. Love how, I love how the bandwagon had to go to every effort, except for Tony, by the way, to shit all over that joke. Like, I no, it was fantastic. <laughs> Actually, we recorded. We 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 muted the studio audience during this conversation, but we did record their reaction to your joke. <laughs> Thank you. 
straight on. If if I may, real quick though, there's a difference between redemption and acknowledgement. Sorry, I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, she didn't acknowledge. Go ahead. I don't think your analogy about Mickey James, people who think she's going to defend the title are idiots, but she's being acknowledged as a champion and will come out with the championship. That is acknowledgement, right? Yeah, no, she's in, she's already said that's that's the case. That was that was the deal with Impact. She's already come out and said that's and she's come out to hardcore country. If they if they did if WWE didn't allow that, she wouldn't be going. That's the deal between the companies. So it's all about acknowledgement, right? I don't think they're trying to um, kind of fix or redeem these past, I'm not going to call them failures because they made money, but these past critical whatevers, right? But I think that the acknowledgement of these things at the time where they're opening up a multiverse is perfect because what makes more sense? If you have a multiverse going to a character people already know or going to like, if you were to bring the fight Fantastic Four in, what's this would it make to bring a random person you've never seen as Reed Richards that's not going to be Reed Richards going forward, or bring Homeboy from the old movies just for the cameo? It just makes more sense because you don't have to explain that. We didn't have to explain Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to the audience because we knew who they were, and we'll never see them again, more than likely. So it was a much easier thing for them to do in the context of a movie. So I get why if you want to use the guise of an America Chavez is there, you know, she can make the star portals to the different dimensions and different universes. It makes sense if you want to do a multiverse where Doctor Strange goes to these different places and sees different variants of different important characters that you see one like Ben Affleck's Daredevil, who we know and don't need to be important, but for five or ten minutes and never seen again. That makes sense to me. Okay, so maybe here's the thing: is it's it's enough of a it's enough of a because of the door that Marvel and the MCU opened in No Way Home, all of this speculation about a a, a multiversal intersection g- gains some plausibility. Yeah, here's the here's the thing that I think is really interesting. When you look at Toby and Andrew Garfield, even with the Andrew Garfield movies, which, you know, they weren't like the first one wasn't terrible. The first Amazing Spider-Man wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. The second one was was just was bad. And everybody kind of admits it. What I can't say the same about Daredevil, though, like in terms of like Daredevil one, it was it came out in 2003. So 18 years ago. Uh, it didn't get the the large upswell of excitement that Spider-Man did. Ben Affleck wanted nothing to do with anything after that movie got after that movie got made. There was no like no thank you for a sequel. Um, and you know the only sequel we got was Jennifer Garner's Electra, and that was sort of a weird pseudo spiritual sequel, a la Wolverine and his little solo run. Um, and I, and I kind of tend to err on the side of we just brought Carly, Charlie Cox in. This isn't like this three movie standing thing of I don't I don't know I, I just I don't I don't buy it I don't I don't think that it I think this is a a want and a hope and sure somebody somewhere has stooged on this idea and made it sound like it's a, a thing that is legitimate. But I don't, I don't, I don't know that I find it legitimate. And I don't see it happening. 
And I'll happily, I'll happily eat the crow if I'm wrong. At one point, Toby and Andrew and the Sinister Six from the other universes were the same pipe dream, and they end up being the crux of the movie. So there, there is one. Um, as, there only, as there were only five villains in oh. Spider-Man: Way Home, there was. Well, no, I mean, it, Sinister Five don't sound good, bro. But there is Come a on. significant difference between that situation and this. Spider-Man in the MCU is one of the most popular, if not the most popular, characters that there is, and Daredevil yeah. is unestablished on all fronts, other than if you're going to grab the netflix lore which a lot of people really don't know about so i think you can get away with it with spider-man i'm not sure you can get away with it when you've just got charlie brought into this thing and kingpin i don't know if there's enough of a a a demand for it i mean i i didn't i never thought the 2003 daredevil movie was terrible it wasn't great it's you know it's more like a dceu movie than anything else so that's that is not what i would call a ringing endorsement it's like a DCEU movie. That's it's not like, a ringing endorsement, Patrick. But was I'm it directed dark, by Zack Snyder? No, I don't. Dark, think so. gritty, and no. soulless, just like DC. It wasn't dark, gritty, or soulless though. That's the thing is Michael du- Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin is kind of jovial, if that makes sense. Like he kind of plays the the role of like this big spot. Like he's not dark. Like the Netflix series is dark as fuck. I don't mean dark in the in the emotional sense. I mean in the literal sense. Like it is literally a dark okay, ass movie. You can't, you can't see anything. And Bullseye just didn't work in that movie. I I never found well, no. it. That's because yeah. that's because they shaved Colin Fer- Colin Firth's hair for um, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Colin yeah. Farrell. Firth is the British Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah, romantic actor. Um, and Kingsman. Yeah, Colin, Colin Farrell. They shaved his head and tat, you know, and, and scarred a tat uh, bullseye. On his like they would have been better served just to have the stupid costume than what they did with him, as opposed to the bullseye you get and again in the Netflix series, which is Fantastic. frightening and legitimate. Like that guy's legit. Love that dude. So. Yeah, okay. I think we've spent way too much time talking about this rumor uh, for a thing that I don't think is going to happen. I do want to get to the next report, which is the loan report that that um, Ray shared with us that was outside of his go-to website, um, as this was from uh, the tech was from TechRadar.com, and that is a report that the that Marvel, uh, the MCU, is ready to move forward with casting. It's Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom. Just exciting news if it's real news. Again, it could be a rumor, um, speculation, word on the street or whatever that's out there. Um, but to know that that it's still out there and gaining traction. The more fun question for this panel, who is cast in the roles of Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm? And then who is Victor Von Doom? Dave, Henry Cavill cannot play all five roles. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no. I I mean, the two that I still like the fans idea and the, what the fans have wanted for a long time, which makes sense to me. And I think they would do well is Krasinski and Emily Blunt as mm-hmm. Reed and, and Sue. You, you get two established actors who have obviously real world chemistry with each other and and we've seen what they can do on screen before so i still love those choices i think they would do really well as mr fantastic and 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 the invisible woman after that it gets dodgy because really 
who are you? I mean, I think that they would like to go. I do buy into some of the stuff that we've read that Ray shared that, you know, when you read into this thing, I absolutely believe they are in the casting phase of this movie. I, I think there is no doubt that is true. But I do like what was suggested about going with some uh, newer talent to play Human Torch in the thing and have some established actors to play the two main roles of the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. But as far as who you would cast in those roles, um, you got me. <laughs> and, and Victor Von Doom, that one is is less um, less tangible, less solid to me as far as like, are they really casting a Victor Von Doom? And if so, when and, and in what capacity? But I, I mean, I got the first two, but beyond that, I mean, I would look for some newer talent and I would defer to you guys as far as like some of the new talent that's out there that you think would work well in the role of Ben Grimm and, and Johnny Blaze, which is the name of one of my dogs, by the way, Johnny Blaze. Uh, um, oh, Johnny oh. Blaze would be uh, the name of Ghost Rider. So Johnny we're not Storm. Cast- Johnny Storms. Jeez, I, I I really am just I'm out nerding everybody today. Fantastic Five, or uh, sorry, Sinister Five. Johnny Blaze. That's right. I'll raise the glass. I need to get the pocket protector. Uh, here's the thing with Johnny Storm. I feel like it has to be somebody who is close in age to Tom Holland. Um, and here's why. Because eventually these groups are going to cross paths. And one of the best relationships slash it's like they're not frenemies so much. They're they're like friends and rivals, though, is Johnny Storm and Peter Parker. And so I agree. Ice, with- Iceman is one of the guys who hangs out with them a lot, right? In the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the Ultimate Universe. I was like, you're thinking of Spider-Man and his amazing friends where he hung out with Iceman and Firestar. Um, so here, this is where my age starts to show through because I don't know young. I, I really am not familiar with some young and up-and-coming actors that would make a lot of sense that could work and be complimentary to somebody like – because Johnny Storm is is the ultimate foil. Like He's the, he's the hotshot, fun-loving character of, of the group. Well, I have the perfect answer for you. If if you okay. use if you use that analogy, um, Zendaya and Tom Holland's other best friend, other than Jacob Batalon, is Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, that could be dumb. Yeah, I can see that. So, and they've and they've actually talked. Not just this isn't conjecture or like rumor. They've been on the record of saying they're trying to find a place for Timothy Chalamet in the MCU. They don't get no. And if 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 we know the Fantastic Four is the first family and they're huge, the biggest way to to bring them in is to make all four of them unlike what we did with the original Avengers, where we got like lesser known actors or whatnot to kind of start. Man, if you start the Fantastic Four with four A list like Oscar worthy actors like Krasinski and Blunt and Chalamet and whoever you get to be the host for Ben Grimm, you got to take you got to take them seriously. What about, let me throw this out there to you guys. <clears throat> There's a lot of young talent on a show that we all love very dearly called Cobra Kai. There's a lot of possibilities there that, you know, like um, if if you, you could do the kid who plays Miguel, he might not be bad. Zolo, Story. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Robbie Keane, Tanner Buchanan. There's yeah, an, uh, there, he, he's got that look. He could have, he's got the look and he could portray that arrogant sort of Johnny Stormish feel that might not work. So there's talent they could draw from from there as far as bringing in some young up and coming actors who people are actually familiar with. But right. I like the idea. Oh, of Pat- could be um, Dr. Doom. 
Totally. I mean, I'll, who? I'll, what'd you say? Ralph Macho. I, <laughs> I like the idea, though, that Patrick uses of having maybe an older Sue and a younger Johnny. I like that a lot because we don't get that a lot in the things we've seen. And Sue's always been kind of a mother figure to him anyway. But I have, uh, I, y'all got, you guys got to help me with Ben Grimm. What about a person we've been trying to put in MCU for almost a decade now as Victor Von Doom? Keanu Reeves. So you're, you're not going to like the answer. Go ahead, Tony. You go first. You haven't spoken yet. No, no. Go ahead and answer. I hate that idea. That's fair. <laughs> it, I just thought it out there. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not 100% right, straight behind up. it. I, uh... Oh, go ahead. No, no. Finish. And it's and maybe it's just because I can't get past the way he like the way he approaches characters. Um, he's 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 always struck me as somebody so low key. It's, and he's always got that soft voice. You need Doom to be somebody who is imperious. You need hmm. Doom to be like like he's megalomaniacal. He's arrogant. He's larger than life, and he never. Like he just doesn't talk softly. Okay. Like he doesn't. He refers to himself in the third person. It's got to be somebody who can be a dick. Cillian Murphy, who played Scarecrow. Yeah. Peaky Blinders. Yep. Yeah. Or Leaky okay. Blinders. Okay. So Charlize Theron and and Justin Timberlake are also like linked to this, right? So what if I didn't know that. Charlize okay. is, is is playing Sue Storm and Justin Timberlake is playing Doctor Doom? I don't know. Justin got range. That's a different. That's a whole level level of range he's never used before. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Justin Timberlake is an actor very well outside of his Saturday Night Live stuff. So he's a fantastic actor, and that's not just me. That, that, I'm not joking. He's legit. if you watch this stuff, he's shown he's really good. But that, that's a range he's never touched before. And I'd rather go I, with somebody more established than go with. I don't know, man. Hey, you know what? MCU. Think about it. Think hey. about it. I, I could see Justin as Johnny Storm more yeah. than what about... that's the rumor. What about the the switch there? Because they're talking about Doctor Doom not even really being a big part of this movie, and sure. it, and, and and to me that means we're going to get another movie that he's a big part of. So you can have Justin Timberlake kind of build in this role and have people marinate on it. I mean, it just I, I understand. I mean, shit. What if he? What if he's Reed Richards? Well, let me let me pitch let me piss everybody off. What if they gender switch it and it's not Victor, it's Victoria Von Dome, Doom, and they give that to Charlize? That would be good. She could that, that I, I, yeah, I could yeah. give up that. For Cristobal Platyp- Platypus, I'll, I could smoke a bag of that. What about you guys think Brendan Fraser could pull off Doctor Doom? He's used to working behind he's, a mask. He's ah. too involved. He's Firefly. He's. Um, the robot man, um, he's too involved. I don't think he would want that. So, so here's my suggestion for Dr. Doom. Christoph Walls. I've heard that. I've heard that. And it, and it, and it fits you if you really point first. into Laveria, because he has the accent. Well, I mean, he doesn't have to be. I mean, he can do any. He can do something other than his Austrian-German accent, but yes. Um, and he just plays evil. I, I mean, he's, he's a known character actor as a villain. We we've really danced around Ben Grimm though, and I think that's because he's kind of hard to cast. Braun Breaker. Hey, I was Ro- looking for a wrestler while you were Roman, joking. Roman Reigns. There you go. He'd be good. 
Roman Reigns was supposed to be Craven the Hunter, but we know Sony and MCU messed that up. Man. Um, I can. Uh, Otis. Otis. Well, so somebody muscular, Tony, not just big. You don't. You don't have to use somebody muscular. Think about that. Right. It's a CGI character. It's a CGI character, and you only see Ben Grimm for maybe a quarter of the movie. Right. So it's really just his voice. That's assuming that, and that's assuming they do the origin story, right? Do they do like? Do they do the formation of the fan? I think they do. Because the thing about the Fantastic Four that was always really interesting in UT other superheroes, they didn't have a secret identity. Like they were right. the first family of like they were these famous scientists, you know, working in the Baxter building. They go on this, you know, this cos they get blasted by these cosmic rays and they transform and everybody knows who they are. Like they're they're unique in that they are as often in the comics, they're as often referred to by their real names as they are by their character names, except for Ben Grimm, who after the transition for the longest time is known as the thing um, until, until they shift to Ben. So yeah, if you want to keep that look, but here's the thing is I, I do agree with Ray. I think that the door is wide open for just about anybody because you could have them Hulk out um, in their transformation. Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid with the nanny. What's an, uh, you got a kid? didn't know that oh this dave you know what i'm talking about he had the kid with the nanny and the kid ended up growing up being a super good looking kid super fit he's like big like his dad he's good looking i don't know what his name is ray's looking it up right now but this dude would be what's that does he act oh patrick right yeah patrick schwarzenegger yeah well then but then the next question brings into if we're gonna have krasinski and Emily as Sue and John and Sue and, and Reed Reed and Ben are best friends for most of their lives. So then the dude got to be 40 plus, right? So it can't be a young Ben Grimm. So then that changes the perspective of what we're looking for. John, it's, 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 John Cena's not up to anything, is he? Uh, I, I don't, I can't see there. him going back we'll and get forth there. Nice foreshadowing. Uh, I actually don't have that article on here uh, in the rundown. Um, Oh, stuff. about seeing him want to be Cable and they turn him down? Right. I don't, I don't, I don't have that one. So I, went, I, went, I went all Black Panther uh, in the next run of things. Um, again, Hugh Jackman. Why the fuck not? They, they give everything else to him. What did they give to Hugh Jackman in the MCU? I'm just, I'm, I'm being cheap. Was this the one that they <laughs> described like a, oh no, I think it's the next thing. Never mind. I don't want to. It is bothering me though that we can't just point to somebody that makes perfect sense for Ben. Well, because it's it's this complicated exterior heart of gold kind of guy. Well, in what age are you looking at too? What kind I'm of story are you telling? 35, like, 45. Because oh, you, you got to bear in mind, Ben Grimm, you're right, he's, he's close friends with Reed Richards, so Reed and Ben are the same age. Johnny is like the annoying kid brother to Ben Grimm. Like he like makes sense, yeah. Right. And Ben doesn't have to be white because he's thing. So Nobody, his, his race doesn't matter. Race doesn't no, matter the whole thing, actually, honestly. That's a like, great point. Because like if you look at the what it was so funny, one of the weirdest backlashes out of the terrible Josh Trank uh Fantastic Four was the ethnicity of Michael B. Jordan uh <laughs> as as the human torch, which nobody cares. Like nobody cares. Yeah, great point. 
great point. That was not why that movie sucked. But anyway, just sucked. But that, that was the reason why people wanted to talk about it. But that's not why it sucked. Right. Anyway, I don't know. I think that there it'll be interesting. I I think that we all are in agreement that when it comes to Marvel uh, and their casting, they they generally hit it out of the park. It's probably people we're not even thinking of, and. You know, we're going to see these people pop up. We're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, Ray. Leo Schreiber. Leo Schreiber. Yeah. He's a hell of an actor. Uh, played Sabretooth in one of the Wolverine movies when they retconned that character in Fox. So, yeah, lots of possibilities. But probably the biggest and largest amount of news this week came in regards to Black panther where first again and these all come from the direct uh and they're in their mcu branch so all of the stuff that we're going to be talking about can be found on the direct.com first we received word this week that leticia wright is back and is resuming her role as shuri that the vaccination stuff has been resolved in some way, shape, or form. Not really sure what that means, but apparently it's all gone now, and Leticia Wright is back. We sat here on these airways like six months ago talking about life in Black Panther without Shuri, and we're, we're wrong. So this, this is me saying our speculation was, was, was incorrect. I, I would imagine a lot of the uh, vaccination problems that were oncoming uh were shot down last week if i remember correctly so there won't be testing of companies bigger than such and such for you if you're not vaccinated so that could have been a part of it right to quote the great modern philosopher fat joe yesterday's price is not today's price i'm just saying uh make money to the with Chadwick gone too integral to the entire Black Panther uh, IP to not try to make it work, you know what I mean? And for it to be something as and I don't mean to say silly flippantly, but to be as something as silly as she just disagrees with this, I don't know, man. There's it, it, this is this is not a Gina Carano situation. This is drastically different to me. I'm actually glad you brought up the Gina Carano situation because it it is. It's, as I like to say, apples and pomegranates in terms of just Gina, Gina Carano was just so outspoken and then jumped into a persecution complex over the whole thing. Letitia Wright, for the most part, kept quiet. Mm-hmm. Like she just kind of quietly faded away for a little bit. And it appears Marvel's worked through this. Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh, Letitia Wright back in her role as Shuri. My thoughts are this is why we always say on this show and in a private chats with each other, one of the uh, good gifts that we use is the salt shaker dancing. So always take this stuff with a grain of salt that nothing. And you're right. The comparison between Gina Carano, who we know said some stupid shit because it was out there for everybody to see. Letitia Wright is just rumors, speculation, innuendo. We think this is what's going on. We think she's spreading anti-vax messaging. We think Marvel's going to do this and that. None of it was ever confirmed. 
So we could sit there and say that, yeah, we think this is happening and that's happening. And the fact of the matter is that none of that was really going on because it was all just rumors and innuendo. And in the end, she was hurt. Now, she was hurt worse than we thought she was. And that obviously derailed things for a while. But yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Shuri is is way too an important of a character to just get. Let's just jettison this character and move on to other things. I, I don't I don't see how you do that. So it's good that whatever they worked out, whatever differences, issues that they had, they worked those out. She's recovered. They're back to filming. And and that's great. And, and you know, if we bought into some stupid speculation and rumors, then okay, I guess that's on us. But I mean, I I never really is always like, well, no one really knows for sure, but this is what everybody's talking about, so maybe there's some truth to it. I think there was some truth to it. Like I think that you don't pause it that long without there being some truth to it. Um, I think we just all, and, and I I would admit that probably my willingness to run with that rumor had to do with the Gina Carano story and the way that Disney reacted and responded in the star Wars universe to, I mean, she lost the show. She lost her character. She got wiped from star Wars, Disney cinematic universe existence. And then, you know, went on to join crazy town, like Alex Jones and jump on his podcast and talk some, talk some shit and basically just burned the bridge entirely. Do we think that because we all know that it's not what you deserve is what you can negotiate. Do you think that you if think that uh, with unfor- Chadwick's unfortunate passing and her kind of being the linchpin of this movie and this franchise now to a, desert, to, to a heavy extent if Chadwick was still here and we didn't have to worry about no T'Challa and Shuri still being ancillary and not primary, that Disney would even be worried about any of this. And they just would, because Gina was able to go because she wasn't important to the franchise. Yeah, they had another show, but eh, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't the most important person in the Mandalorian lore of Star Wars. Shuri is the most important person left over right now in the in Black Panther, which is one of their biggest IPs. Do you think though that she has these problems though? If 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 you know if, if Chadwick is still around, I don't think any of this like gets this big. You know, well that I that I, I understand your question is outside of that, but I'm just saying I'd like no, to precurse that. To answer your question, the the reason this whole thing became a thing with Letitia Wright is because she posted this massive anti-vax post on Twitter, and then everybody blew up about it. She took it down because her she didn't want to take it down at first. But her manager made her take it down because he was like, you're losing jobs because of this one post. And then everything else has blown up since then. So when Dave says it's been rumored in the innuendo, with the exception of that post, it has been because she hasn't said anything since then. So right. and that was when Chabot was still alive. So to your point, I don't know if this becomes a thing, if Chabot is still alive. But I also know that she's infinitely more important now because, unfortunately, he isn't. Well, I think if Chadwick and that still, changes the conversation. If Chadwick's still alive, she becomes, I wouldn't say expendable, but more expendable. You know, agreed. So well, for sure. So I think there is some validity to that. But now you're looking at, but I mean, like you're saying, Ray, because I know we're going to talk about the other story uh, that that stems a couple of them stemming off Black Panther too. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, is she going to be the central focus? Because if she is, then yeah, you've got to you've got to work these deals out with her and figure out how are we going to keep her somebody that the audience will will resonate with. There's going to be an emotional attachment to that because this movie is going to be very emotional to begin with. So, yeah, yes, tears will be shed. Yes, uh, <clears throat> I think without a doubt. Uh, here's the, here. Then you were right. There are two stories that are stemming off of this. Uh, that, that we can talk about. The first one I want to talk about is with all these delays, everything that we've talked about, injuries, delays, all that, reportedly the movie is still on track to be released November 2022. Now, that's great news. whoop to do Basil, what does it all mean? Are we are we getting a rush job or did they do just did they do just such a great job filming everything not involving Letitia Wright? That all they're doing is filling in the blanks, getting it to editing. Tony, go first. Maybe this is a linchpin. Maybe it needs to happen at that time, right? Like if you pull sure. this one, it doesn't continue what's happening, right? Like everything's Ooh. connected. We're talking. We're not talking. We're not talking DC. We're talking Marvel. Unfortunately, give you your fucking credit. But, you know, th- that's kind of how it makes me feel, considering everything that's happened in the past, right, with um, uh, Scarlett Johansson and everything else and everything that's been pushed back. This one's like, hey, this is this is necessary and we're good to go right now. Does that worry you then about the quality of the movie? Uh, not at all. Dave? Well, I look at a. I hope not. I'll put it that way. I mean, it. it it does concern me a little bit because I know, like, uh, we're we're you know we're, we're reviewing Boba Fett on the Nerd Review. One of the complaints I've heard about the book of Boba Fett is that it feels like a rush job, like they didn't flesh out things as much as they should have. So I'm hoping that they would learn their lesson from that and not do that with a Boba Fett's one thing, very popular character, lots of people love him. Black Panther's an entirely different story. You know, you've got to get that right. I mean, this is you're honoring Chadwick's legacy with this movie. So if you don't have it exactly right, then I say fucking delay it for six months, a year. I don't care. I just want it to be done right. However, Marvel usually doesn't make mistakes. And if they feel like if Ryan's going to them saying, guys, it's done. I promise you, this will be tremendous. We can do it in November. You got to have some faith in him as a director and just on his track record alone to say, if the man is saying it's ready, it's probably ready. So I'm not overly concerned about it. I think of this similarly to Fast and Furious 7. When Paul Walker died, they stopped all of production, gave the crew six months a year until they all decided they were ready to come back, if they even wanted to come back. But the key point of that was they were already 70, 80 percent done with the movie. And so it wasn't a big issue for them to finish and have his brother do the things they needed him to do. Right. So my question is, how much of this movie was done before she got hurt? Because if it was like 10 percent of the movie, then man, push that shit back. But if you got a good portion of the movie done without her, then I can see it still being on track for November. Because um, as fast as we do CGI and as fast as we do post-production in this world. If they can finish the movie in the next month or two, it's right on track for November. I don't mind it so long as the uh, special effects don't look cheap and superimposed over a desert map background, a la the Book of Boba Fett. Zing! I got one in! I got one in! 
Let's hear it. Tunny looks very annoyed. I had wow. missed my good friend Patrick. We spent so much time the previous weekend. We did. We did. We 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 hung out so much. You forgot what it was like to hang out with me. Um, by the way, keep reading those nerd reviews. Book of Boba Fett, getting disparate opinions this time around. As one of us is enjoying the show a little bit more than the other one. I'll I wonder what could be. Yeah. Which one doesn't care for the show? Which one, of us, which one of us feels that it's comparable to Rise of Skywalker and the other one doesn't? I, it's not as bad as Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker is still the worst movie ever made in the Star Wars franchise. I was about to say, okay. I, I could think of a few that might have some. Uh, did you ever see those Fantastic Four movies we were talking about earlier? <laughs> the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie is a treasure. Are we talking about some of those like made-for-TV Star Wars movies in between, like right after the... the, the uh, um... You know, Return of the Jedi. Did you the, Star Wars, the Star Wars holiday special is better than Rise of Skywalker. Did you guys no, I mean, notice the, like the, the caravan? Did the you, Ewok caravan uh, one? Oh, you think God. that's better? Are better than the Rise of Skywalker. You're knocking futz. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was saying there was a Boba had a line this week that referred to something from the holiday special, which I thought was clever. Really? Was it when he was hanging out with the 1950s greasers in their brightly colored fucking hover bikes? Wow. (laughs) With their candy shell looking. Yeah, that sucked. You know what? No, 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 no. I'll I'll build some credibility here and and add to my credibility Let me just say this. It was pretty stupid to have those scooters look like a fucking dinerific Back to the Future fucking shit. Hey. The Thank guy's you. got a pet rancor. That's all you got to say, man. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I'm ready for that. I don't know if fucking, uh, I'm not sure if, uh, if, if Machete is, is, is tricking him or not. We'll see what happens. I think, which, right, I think, so, I, think this, I think, I think, I think, listen, when my, when listen, he shows I'll up, say this, I'll say this. I don't get on the, I don't get on the reviews. I think Machete thinks he's tricking him, but Machete is <laughs> going to get eaten. And the, 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 the rancor is actually going to bond with Boba Fett. When he shows up, my uh, wife goes, what's his name? I said, you mean Machete? That was my exact words, Tony. Nice. <laughs> best friends, baby. Best friends. Last, Good call. My, best. My, last thing, my last thing to say about the book of Boba Fett before we go. Um, it's terrible. And anyway. Ah! go down, everybody. Curmudgeon. I like that you made that sound like by men and that was very nice. Yeah, by Tony. That's what I use for booking by Tony. Very good. All right. One last thing that we do need to talk about with Black Panther. Let's get back to Black Panther. Uh, I feel like we we have we've talked a little too much about I, hey, I let it happen. I let the book of Boba Fett conversation happen. I, I had to get that out there. Someday Tony will give me his or not Tony, um Dave will give me his review of episode three and we'll get the next nerd review up before episode four drops. But anyway. The other thing that came out of this with the, you know, we've been talking about Letitia Wright and Shuri's role expanding word on the street is, and the report is that Mbaku played by Winston Duke also getting an expanded role and that Winston got paid. All I'm going to say about this before I hand this over to whoever wants to comment about it. Good, 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 good. And Ray, you can go first is still a phrase by Ray Cash. I told y'all this months ago that he's going to be the new Black Panther. 
Told y'all this months ago. Winston Duke is a fantastic actor. Mbaku has is probably in in kayfabe or canon. It's probably been been controlling the entire country of Wakanda since whatever they decide happened to T'Challa, or since in fact since the blip, because he was remember he wasn't blipped. And yeah, get get paid, young brother, get paid. Winston Duke is fantastic. When did anybody on this podcast say that Winston Duke was a bad actor? No, no, he's just emphasizing it. I agree with him one hundred percent. Like I, I don't even need my turn here. Ray just said exactly how I feel. Yeah. It, Dave, it's totally like it, it's totally a great place to like push someone and have them step up and be even more integral. Like it, it makes so much sense. I'm hopeful. My my hope for Wakanda Forever is I know we're going to explore the lore of Wakanda and, and and how they are integrating into the modern world. But I would like to see, I think the most to be the struggle in the story of who does assume the Black Panther role, because I think that's going to be central. I don't think it's just going to be seated to M'Baku. I would like to see the M'Baku-Shuri dynamic as to how one of them ascends to the throne, so to speak, with probably Namor and Atlantis in the background pulling some strings and creating the big conflict that brings everybody together. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen. But as far as Winston Duke, absolutely. Yeah. Let, let him get paid. He's going to have an expanded role, whether he's black Panther or not, it's going to be an expanded role in a bigger role. And he's going to have to shoulder a lot of the, of the, uh, the black Panther mythos as, as this goes along. What's, what's the shark that that's like second in command with Atlantis and in, in Marvel. Is it a tumor? I think yeah, it's the first so, uh... shark ever. 10 billion hits on YouTube. It's baby shark. Atuma, Atuma is, a, is an Atlantean um, that is a rival of Namor's. Uh, Tiger shark is another character that's over there. Yeah, Tony, I ignored your joke. Um, Thank and, you for that, by the way. And here's what if, what if we're, what if, wouldn't it be funny if we're wrong and it's neither of these two and it's like Nakia or something? Like that would be, the one, like, that would, there, it's, it's Lupita. Lupita's gonna be I, the one that's over. I've heard, not I won't say rumors, but I've heard some people pushing for it to be Daniel Kaluuya's Wakabi. And last yep. we saw him, he got put in jail. So like, I, anything is possible, dog. Sure. Yeah, I think that. I don't know. There's so much intrigue around Black Panther. Like, and we and we don't know. And here's the thing: is when do we get a trailer? July, Black History Month, for sure. That's, you next, you month. Want to that's next month. There'll be a there'll be a teaser of some sorts. It may not be much, but it'll be something. How about Black today? History. It's M- how about today? It's MLK Day. There you go. Eh, it, Moon Knight's already got that, and you know we. That's the big thing is Moon Knight's trailer is tomorrow. Well, today as we're yeah, we're, as, as we're coming we're out. Talking yeah. about this today. K-fabe. I in, see you, Kayfabe, Tony. I got in, you. In Kayfabe podcast calendar. And that actually just uh, segues into one that I left off of here that I meant to put on there. But yes, tomorrow we get our first look at the Moon Knight series starring Oscar Isaac. We've seen some images floating around the internet of the transformation and what the character is going to look like. I have no stinking idea what we're going to get tomorrow. And I frankly don't really want to know. I just want to see it and absorb it. Um, Tony's... I think is in agreement with me a little on the nose, right? What do you got? I was going to say just hilarious that the one, the two things that I noticed in there was the transformation of him 
turning into Moon Knight and him as Moon Knight beating the holy hell out of Anubis. That is the most random shit I've ever seen in a trailer. But hey, Moon Knight. That's, that's kind of Moon Knight. Is Moon Knight is some of the most random shit in the history of ever. Dave, any thoughts about Moon Knight and what you're looking for tomorrow? Well, like I have a question. Is Moon Knight the next MCU series? I'm assuming because we're getting a trailer that it's the next one in line. Um, good question. I don't know. I thought it was uh, Miss Marvel or She Hawk. Miss Marvel is supposed to be late 2022, from what I've heard. So it's it's either between She Hulk and uh, Moon Knight, so that may make sense. I mean, Miss Marvel's I, had so many reshoots and yeah. so many issues with filming that they keep pushing it back. And as long as they put it out before the Marvels movie, Captain Marvel two, they're fine. Um, but yeah, I can see Moon Knight being the first one out and pop She Hulk in the summer. I mean, I'm I'm least dates. What's that? Our release dates 2022. Hold on one moment. I mean, I'm looking right all now. I'll say is I'm looking forward to it because I, 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 it's a series about a lesser known Marvel character who has, we've all talked about it, has been compared to Marvel's version of Batman on more than one occasion. So mm-hmm. if we're going in that direction, there's reason to be excited. I mean, Oscar Isaac is tremendous. So I can't wait to you- see what he's going to do with this role and, and, and how, of course, like Tony said earlier, and we've all said, everything's connected with Marvel. So nothing's done by accident. So how this fits in with everything else that's going on is, of course, going to be the million-dollar question. You think we'll see Punisher? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I agree. So I think, I think we see him pop up at least one episode. Depending on which if – if you're looking at uh, – so I'm going to – Salt Shaker's at the ready because – I'm pulling this. I'm pulling this off of Movie Web, published literally an hour ago. That oh, says, and, and here's the headline: Marvel Japan site seems to confirm full MCU release schedule for 2022. And after Hawkeye, it has Moon Knight listed as next for March of 2022, which would make some sense given that they're dropping a trailer tomorrow. So and isn't that also, when Dr. Strange comes two comes out in March or is it May? It does. No, March. Dr. Strange is May. No, Thor is May. Dr. Strange is March. Oh, Jesus Christ, guys. Nothing to do with it. Chinese just like I'm just May 2022. Suck it. Is it, it is May. So I thought May Thor was coming out in May. Nope. They pushed everything back a couple months. Remember, everything got. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. See, you missed a month, and now you're paying for it. Now you're. Now that's right. All of the Molly Colling is over. Now you're paying. I love you, Ray. I love you, Ray Cash. Now go sit in the corner. All right. That is going to do it for our Marvel news around the Nerdosphere. He's going to do it. Don't ever do that. He it's does like that. It's like a scene from Blair Witch Project going on here, man. Damn it. All of a sudden, Tony's going to get taken out from behind and just drop from the chair. And it's going to be <laughs> God damn, am I like an entity or something? Where's Tony God? 
All right. We're going to head into our second commercial break. But before we do, it is my duty to remind all of you that if you enjoy Bandwagon Nerds, if you enjoy everything that we put out here on the ChairShot Radio Network on the ChairShot.com, then you should get yourself over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot and pick up a ChairShot shirt. We have all kinds of great designs to choose from, including one for this very show, Bandwagon Nerds, along with OG logos, new logos, current logos, you name it, we got it, sayings from the show, things like hashtag journalism, Baron Corbin sucks, and the like. It's only $19.99 for a short shirt, and if you're feeling fancy, spend a few dollars more, get one soft style. I promise you, buying a shirt will bring PC Tunney back to life and on the podcast. That's right. That site again so that you can save PC Tunney is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Remember, this isn't just a website. It's a movement. When we come back, Disney and Pixar in conflict. You are listening to Chair Shot Radio. Radio. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. All right. Welcome back. Nobody's bought a shirt because Tony's still dead. Do we need to get the Ouija board out? I don't know. Maybe the nighttime is the right time. Want to join a cult? I'm not sure what we can do here. What we are going to do is we're going to talk. Oh, he's back! The ghost. He's back. He's he's back. He's he's going to go stand in his own corner, I guess. Uh, I'm something gonna use, about uh, a pottery wheel. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Where's Patrick well, Swayze? Need him. Nothing like um, dated twenty plus year old movie references. That is what you get here plus. on the. That movie's well over like 20 years 30. old. Come on. Years now. old. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like know. 92, right? 93? Ghost? Not the 80s. Ghost? Oh, dude, I, I didn't like Oprah. I didn't like Whoopi. Hey, Whoopi was in the bag, though, bro. Jumping Jack Flash and Sister Act. She was in the bag and, at that time. Ghost came out in 1990. So, I mean, that makes sense because that was back in Swayze's height of his power, too. Rest his soul. Yeah. Um, but we're puts, here to talk about puts, Mr. Swayze. No, no, nobody puts Tony in the corner, by the way. Go ahead. No, yeah, you just died. Um, okay. We're not here to talk about Patrick Swayze. We're not here to talk about zombie PC Tony. We're not here to, to talk about any of that. What we are here to talk about is the news that broke this week out of Disney um, that has led to a little bit of controversy and trouble between Disney and Pixar because announced on January 7th, Disney revealed that Pixar's next flick, Turning Red, is going to release exclusively on Disney Plus, citing the increase in COVID-19 Omicron variants um information and so the movie is going to premiere simultaneously it appears it will be in theaters on march 11 11th but 
And there, there is a question as to whether it is for free or whether it will be a Disney premium release where you have to pay money to actually watch it. That hasn't been announced yet. And if it has it, that extra cost, you know, obviously will be revealed when it happens. Uh, if they follow in their history, it'll be 30 bucks. That's, that seems to be the industry standard now for the early release sort of things. But here's the thing that announcement comes out. And then this past Wednesday, um, some people were pissed. And honestly, I think rightfully so. Uh, I think Pixar has a right to be pissed at this point because this is the third straight Pixar film to be released on Disney Plus and not and actually not in the and at the theater uh, as Soul came out in 2020. And that was back at the time of the height of the pandemic. And everybody loved that idea back then when Soul got released in December. That was everybody loved that idea. It was great. That was then followed by the release to Luca. Um, and both of those released on Disney Plus as part of a basic subscription. So you didn't have to pay extra to do it. Unlike some Disney animated movies like Raya and the Last Dragon, you had to pay extra to get Raya early. Now, Encanto was free. Like when Encanto got released and it, it got released um, in theaters. Early. Like before, like it was released in theaters, but it was released on Disney Plus like a month after it went in theaters, which is rare. Um, so streaming, so so they still put it out in theaters first, but they're not doing this with their own studio films. They're doing it to Pixar, and it just to me it to me it seems shitty. Um, to be blunt, to Pixar, which has been a big money maker for for Disney for years. I mean, you look at the movies, they they win the awards, right? Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, e A Bug's Life, you know, the one that started it all. Cars. Cars. Is, is this a Vince McMahon kind of thing? What do you mean by that? I mean, Disney didn't create Pixar, right? <laughs> but why do this now? Like, why do this 20, 30 years after Pixar's made? Because now you have a reason that you can fall back on. Well, and interestingly enough, one of the reasons they're falling back on is the poor performance of Onward in the theaters. Well, you have that and COVID. And and, and let's be real. I am as big a proponent of these movies as anybody on the show, if not the most. And I, I don't want to put myself above anybody, but you guys know how much... I talk about these animated films and whatnot. Luca was really good. And um, what's it called? Taking Red? Talking Red? Turning Red. Turning Red, thank you. Looks fantastic if you see the trailers. But with the exception of Soul, which was a specific thing, you really think Luca and Turning Red was going to make bank at the movie theaters? Even if there wasn't a pandemic? They would be good movies and they'd make money. But like, what? this is not Toy Story or Inside Out we're talking about here. Well, here's the thing is, one, we don't know because it's Pixar. And Pixar, I, I would, here's my thing is, I would argue outside of the Cars franchise, Pixar rarely has a miss. 
Like they yeah, do. What what really missed on the car? Yeah, what missed on cars the franchise? Too. It's on my cars like, too. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't like a, a movie for the storyline or, or how they wrote it. But like they've been making so much goddamn money on merchandising sure. over any other Disney platform that in, in inside of that structure for years. That is one oh. of the most capitalized on toy fucking uh, movies uh, of all time. There take is, a take a drink of beer. Me, calm down. Let me just support Tunny here. There's a whole land of California adventure named after Listen, cars. So let me explain. And then I get like, you guys are fucking crucifying me. Hey, they're Three not good. Nails. They, they weren't well. Like if you're looking at it from Disney's perspective, yeah, sure. They're making all kinds of money off of toys. You're right. Yeah. They have a, a land it, where Disney California adventure. Is that what yeah, you said? Right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's so good that they don't go to the popular park in Disney World. Anyway, there's just this little platform thing where Lightning McQueen talks to you. Anyway, here's here's my point. Like, Pixar is generally known as, and this is going to sound snobbish because it is, it's it's the award-winning cartoons. It's the, it's the animated films that go to the Oscars and win. They do. Like, not since that 90 surge with like the princesses and shit that's that's been the thing they're like it's like the um it's like the the fox searchlight of disney animation but it it but it makes a shit ton of money but to your point patrick they can still win awards on disney plus right but you're telling me that okay again you're telling me you're trying to tell me that no Pixar movie outside of Cars was making shit tons of bank. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to you have to you have to resonate between the market and how much money this money this money this movie can make versus right. the situation we're in right now with a pandemic and with not being able to advertise like you want because you don't think people are going to come to the movies in general. Let we we we've talked that nauseum. Speak about Marvel. We spoke at nauseum about how much money these Marvel movies would have made in a pandemic, and they've made probably more than fifty percent less of what they would have made on a normal basis, right? You know, Spider-Man would have made two billion dollars. The fact that it made a billion dollars is mind-boggling. But other than that, these movies aren't making what they would normally make. And so, if you're capped for a movie like Luca or Turning Red was three hundred million off top, which is a great return, it's great money, three hundred million dollars. Domestic or worldwide, it's great money for a movie. If that's your cap on a perfect world, and you know you're going to get at least half of that in the pandemic world, if everybody you think is going to go see it, why not just put it on Disney Plus and just let it be a special thank you to the people who keep rocking with you on Disney Plus? I'm not saying it feels great, but it makes sense to me. So, even a failed movie, quote unquote, failed movie like Onward. Made $141 million in the midst of like pandemic, whatever. Yep. Um, name me a Disney movie right now. You, you're talking about a $300 million threshold for a film that, honest, honest to God, that isn't a franchise film. So you don't go frozen, you know, with its $1.45 billion. I, th- I think that we're underselling one, the value of Pixar. As a as a theater entity, like what what's what the last? Well, we'll do Toy Story. 
No, I don't think you're underselling that. I think we're just trying to tell you that it's not as important to Disney as you think it is. Like, they can replace that instantly with the infrastructure that they're at. It's kind of like, back again, the wrestling analogy. The amount of people WWE has released over the last year, year and a half, has not affected them whatsoever. It's just, Disney's become that big, and it's unfortunate, right? And let me give you some facts and figures, Patrick. Encanto is not a Pixar movie. It's a Disney movie. And Encanto has made $92.4 million in the U.S. Encanto got to go to the theater to make that money. That's my that's my big issue here is that Encanto, Encanto which, you're, which we're touting as a success, made less than Onward. I'm not touting it as a success. But you're, you're justifying why Pixar should go straight to, to Disney Plus. What, what, Encanto. Why, can't, why can't this Red Panda movie... Have the have the same model as in They don't want to kill children with COVID. And but me, well, if you're Latin American, they wanted to send you then because that's what you know. Like, when Encanto came out, when Encanto, your, your I went words. to the movies. Your words, Patrick. I, your words. I went to the movie when Encanto came out. When Encanto came out, Omicron wasn't as crazy as it was as it is now. I went to the theater to go see Encanto the week it came out. It's a little different, oh. but even then, even then. You're not, I don't think, and I'm not trying to say this in a, I'm not trying to be flippant or or malicious here, but I don't think you're putting into context how much these movies cost to make. So cost ratio, cost ratio analysis, right? Analysis, right? Or whatever the term is. I'm not a financial person. So if these movies take 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars to make, Encanto made 92 here, 216 million worldwide at a time when the country was comfortable starting to get out again and then we got comfortable we got pushed back in again right how many of our kids are going back to virtual schools again whereas all this past six months we were in school school so now turning red a movie that you already didn't put as a high market cap in general so if you got 300 million worldwide you're probably expecting in a perfect world 100 million domestic which is good money you're not going to get half of that so you yes. not make it as a as a thank you to subscribers and rock with the people that rock with you and you're because, still going to make money okay so then here's my thing because what you are saying because this is now costing a company a subsidiary of disney people whose livelihood rely on this money and jobs out of their pocket this actually goes back to and i'm going to sound like christopher platt here the content <laughs> creators the people who are making these movies aren't getting the same benefit and we're talking. You're saying the console, console, console. It's, it's made ninety-two million dollars. I'm looking at Sing Two, which has come out in the height of Omicron. Sing Two, how much has it made? A hundred and eleven million dollars. So I don't know that Red, you know, Red, this Red Panda movie is going to make a hundred million dollars. I don't know that it's going to make fifty million dollars. What I'm saying is, by doing this repeatedly to a company, like it's. Twice. I'm gonna I'm gonna be three Twice. times. It's the third time. Yeah, Soul. but yeah, but in the same breath that yeah, Soul but. was put on. No, no, hold on, hear me out. In the yeah, same but, breath but, that Soul was put out uh, as kind of like the the thank you for rocking with us in the situation, just like Wonder Woman was. Wonder Woman could have been put in the theaters and made a at seven eight hundred million dollars, but because of where we were in the world, we never thought we were going back to theaters. How many times have we talked on this show about will theaters ever be able to recover? This was at the height of, we don't know if we're going back. 
So I don't think you can put that in the same breath as turning red and Luca. Okay. So now you could say, so your argument is that because it's a, it was, it was a make good. And now that this is the third, like, here's why I say it's the third. So it was a make good. It got well received, put out the second one kind of quietly and, and, you know, and it did whatever it did, like, and, and we have no idea what the real metric is. Now, it's, it's, it's one of those things. You do it once, you do it twice. When does it become a trend to you? Because right now it's starting to feel like a trend. And that, to me, is, I think, problematic for Pixar. Especially when, I'm sorry, the, the sequel to Sing? Fantastic movie. $100 million. What? It's a fantastic movie. And how many commercials have you seen for Sing versus how many commercials have you seen for Turning Red? Well, Turning Red isn't out for another few months, so it's actually following its own pattern. And we we covered the trailer on the show. We did. <laughs> but, what I'm, but, I'm, but what I'm what I'm saying is, a month, two months out before Scene came out, there were commercials everywhere, right? Everywhere. Okay. I don't know if I'd say everywhere. I was like, oh, they're everywhere, making- bro. Can, well, um, maybe you're not hey, watching the shit I'm watching. Can I everywhere. offer my suggestions or my thoughts on this? Please. So please, please wrong. <laughs> um, I think part of the problem there's a couple factors going on. You're talking about Soul came out. They released Soul at the end of Christmas when, like Ray is saying, um, vaccines weren't prevalent yet. There was a lot of concern. Are we ever going to go back to the theaters? Let's put this thing out here. Um, Luca comes out. Another unestablished, brand new franchise uh, comes out. What June of 2021, which is when Delta first started to ramp up. So they said, ah, shit, we better do it this way. Uh, Turning Red now is coming out in the middle of this Omicron phase. Another unestablished brand new franchise. I think if Lightyear gets released straight to Disney Plus, then you've got something. Then then where there's smoke, there's fire. Because you could sit there and say, that's an established, based off an established franchise, they know that people are going to go to the theaters to see that. Like, Sing 2 is by its own definition, a sequel of a successful movie. So yeah, there's going to be some demand for that. But I, I think right now I look at this as Pixar's willingness to talk circles around this shit on Pixar is adorable. And I never knew that you guys were part of the man. Congratulations. fellas. No, I think I, Pixar is great, but I think that they're, they're, we gave a non established franchise in Encanto a chance, but fuck red Panda. That's oh, what I'm oh, Well, right. I think they're playing a little bit more loosely. I've we'll never heard anybody's feeling, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Right. I think I really, I rick, I look at Lightyear in June as a real tell, telling sign as to what their, what their feelings are because that's one that should go to the theaters. It's gonna make bank just because of what it's about. So they're not in an easy situation right now. So that's that's one thing I can say about it. All right, well, folks. Maybe that'll be the subject of this week's nerd poll, and you can all be wrong with Dave and Ray. I don't know. I'll fight on this island. I think that it is a shitty thing for Disney to do. I think that using the Omicron variant as, frankly, in my opinion, an excuse, um, because we have been full steam ahead in the theater industry with plenty of other flicks by plenty of other studios. We We ain't walking away. But Disney... With one with with this movie, because I don't know. I think that I think that you're right in the sense that because of of they they view this as expendable. 
And I think that that's too bad for the people who work at Pixar and are trying to put these movies out. That they're, again, not going to get the theater credit that they need to get. Ray's calling uh, Disney right now yeah. to... Bob, uh, Bob, Bob Iger shit. retired, Ray, just so let, you know. Let me speak just... to that frozen head, damn it. <laughs> oh, that's dark, man. That's really, really... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And in this case, we mean Walt Disney's head. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Want to go jellyfishing? What am I supposed to do all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? Who's your friend? What does claustrophobic mean? <laughs> you know what the problem is? All right. So this week for Patrick's Pitch, I'm actually going to hand things over to PC Tunney to talk to us about a return to the chair shot radio network one of our beloved podcasts making its triumphant return last friday i do believe um and the reason i'm doing this is because there was a show that debuted on hbo max this week that i don't know if you've noticed fellow band, beloved bandwagoners we haven't talked about uh and that is one peacemaker and and here i'll even confess this I uh, I tried to watch the first episode today, and my connection to HBO Max because of my shitty internet kept cutting out. So about halfway through the episode uh, of the first episode of the three that got dropped, but we're probably not going to talk about the the show very much on Bandwagon Nerds because there's there's just a lot to cover. There's a lot of nerdosphere out there, but PC Tunney's got you covered, and he's going to pitch you on why and where you can continue to get some of your nerd fix on the chair shot radio network. Thanks Patrick. Um, so Greg DeMarco kind of, uh, threw this out there when hearing the fact that, that we weren't going to cover it on this show, um, as he has his tentacles, uh, in all things, which is a good thing. Uh, and, uh, he sent me a message. Maybe you, you guys on pot is war, which is back now, by the way. Um, I believe it's, Boy, oh boy, Thursday mornings, Friday mornings, Friday mornings. Yeah. Wow. I got a lot going on. Uh, Friday mornings right there. I put it up this last week, so it's back. Trust me. It's at the right time. Uh, myself, Andrew and AJ Belaz, um, Christopher Platt, stay tuned. Um, working on it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to cover Peacemaker. And, and we're going to take care of that. We're going to we're going to probably catch you up on the first three this week and then go episode by episode. In addition to that, uh, much like the bandwagon here, we're uh, we're going to have a little bit of a written review right there on the chairshot.com. So that'll be spearheaded by the managing editor, Andrew Belaz himself. That was his idea. Go figure. The writer wants to write about what he sees. And uh, I, I made sure to run this all past Mr. Mr. Patrick O'Dowd to make sure not to step on any toes here. So if any of you would like to, uh, you know, pinch hit uh, and write instead of myself, because we know all know how brutal that is week to week, I would more than encourage you to do so. If not, maybe we just have a blast review. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I write like I talk. <laughs> The one time you contributed to the nerd review, by the way, I thought you did a very good job. Oh. Uh, so I think you sell yourself, um, and you know, you should give yourself credit where credit is due. Because part of what I I hope that people get out of the nerd reviews, and I don't know how many people even read the things, 
Uh, I try to write it in my voice. So, like, I hope that when you read it, you hear me talking, typos included, because Lord knows I'm a terrible editor. But, um, and I, and I, I can't lie, when I read Dave's, I, I, I hear Dave's voice in my head when I read his reviews. Uh, and, and it's always, you know, it's it's always something about writing to, to put your voice to it. That's what people, that's why they click. That's why they listen. And, you know, even though as the commissioner let us know, we're circling the drains and are doing some desperate ratings grabs this week with some fighting on the show. And um, <laughs> uh, I love, I love inside jokes. Um, sinking ship and it felt, very, very much. It was a joke. Um, we're like the Titanic but, here. And frankly, oh, it was so funny. Um, cause when Dave, you know, Dave's like, are we going to talk about peacemaker? And I was like, guys, I just don't have time to, to watch and review a third show. Like I, I legit am, you know, it, it's, it's a lot to me, uh, at least for me to like review a show and write about it. It's a lot like even just in preparation, you know, preparation for bandwagon nerds, like watching the show, I really do take a lot of pride in being able to to do a good summary and analyze for the show what we're seeing and what happens and to do that a third time it's it's just it's tough and there's so much content out there that i i wasn't willing to take that on and i think that you know we're gonna have plenty of other shows that are coming uh that we're gonna be jumping on soon like we've got um what the boys in june uh we'll have moon night in march like march um so we've got we've got other shows coming we've got other things going on somewhere maybe we fit in a project or two um and and it just it it makes a lot of sense if there's another another avenue and a venue that can continue to add to the entertainment side of of chair shot uh the chair shot radio network then let's let's do it and let's let it happen uh though i will admit that when tony asked me i did kind of feel like uh don corleone uh, getting asked permission by 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 somebody in the uh, at my daughter's wedding. Oh, you come to me on this day of me in isolation for COVID to ask me. <laughs> you were already fucking fine. We did three podcasts in a day and a half. That's true. I did do uh, plenty of I podcasts. I just want to see Patrick grab Tony and shake him. You could stand there like a man. I don't know what to no, do. But, but I'll be honest. I seriously did reach out to patrick before i was like okay yeah we'll take this on and like are you good with this because i would never want to undercut this show so that was a real thing so the upstart aew of the the chair shot radio network will be airing on friday mornings um and i can't wait for them to bury bandwagon nerds and promos pinch hitter i I guess i'm gonna watch it anyway tony so i could probably help pinch hit with you i could be like a double agent there you go if you oh, want to write, that'd be great. No. Uh, that'd be much better than me. Uh, I would say that. I'll let uh, Andrew do nothing, the write write ups. He can handle that. Nothing. Uh, nothing with anything I have to do is is described by AEW. By the way, so I know. I, I just I couldn't. I couldn't. Couldn't hide the analogy. It's gonna anyway. be like the women's division of AEW. It'll be comparable to that, Tony. Damn. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to. While we're sitting here on our one podcast, burying another podcast on our own network, that's totally the way we should help our our teammates out. That's that's what we should do. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagoners. Before we get out of here, gentlemen, let's do a quick once around. And since he's back on the bandwagon for the first time in a long time, let's let Ray Cash 
do the honors and tell everyone where they can find him on the socials. Oh, I'm sorry, he's been gone. He's been gone. Let him let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it was necessary. Wow. I don't know that I want to anymore. Okay. You do. Yeah, you, you can do. find me at it's okay. Tough crowd, man. You can find me at <laughs> He's gonna write it down. I'll read it, Ray. Go ahead. Read it. <laughs> All right. I'm done. And it's and it's Ray Cash. Uh R E Y is a Mysterio C A S H as in dollar signs. R I P Bob Saget, R I P Sydney Poitier. You know, I actually damn it, I'm sorry. I left that off the rundown. Or I had that on the rundown and then forgot to talk about it. We we went through so much today, I figured, but yeah. I just wanted to throw it out there because especially for a person like me, Sydney Poitier was massively huge. Uh, you know, so look. Lily's in the field, or Lil- Lily's of the field? What was it? I am. Um, the movie for me that I think of is They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, because In the Heat of the Night re- was regularly right. in my household. No, I'm just saying, like, he was the first uh, African-American male to win an Oscar. Like, Hattie McDaniel, yes. Gone with the Wind, 1940. Yes. Um, but I can't yep. remember, is it Lily's in the field or Lily's of the field? He he was the first African-American male to win um Best actor, actress. Uh, Hattie McDaniel was supporting actress. So yeah, he, like, man, crazy. We talked about it all week. Go visit some other shows like Betty White, Bob Saget, Sidney Poitier, John Madden. Like, it's been it's been an interesting time. We've lost a lot of people. I mean, even uh, Johnny Storm thinks that it's been rough over there. Johnny no, Blaze. Johnny Johnny, Johnny Blaze. Blaze Johnny Storm. Yeah, rough. Very rough. Rough. Tony, while you're going, and that's cute. Go, go through your follows. At PC Tony, Twitter and Facebook. And Mr. David Ungar. You can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Regression. Remember to send all of your hate tweets to at Phenomenal A-J-B. And it's me, DPP. That too. And the real well, C-Flat. That, exa- exactly. Yeah, fuck that guy. Anyone else? At Chairshot Greg. I'll leave that to you, Patrick. We we all have like our our like our dark variants of each other. So you, I guess Greg there's, is yours. There's some axes to grind there. You can follow me at Wrestling Realist on the Twitter at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Also, be sure to head over to the uh, show's Twitter account at Bandwagon Nerds and give that a follow as well. Dave, how did the um, how did the Star Wars action poll go? Is it is it up? Is it over? Uh, it was an interesting co- the way that the origin of that came through a text between my wife, my nephew in law, and my niece in law. Where he asked her, he's like, "Which one did you think had the best action?" And we just started talking about. it. I said, "You know, that's a good bandwagon nerds poll." And there you Phantom go. Menace for sure. Which which trilogy? So would it be the prequels, the new, the latest trilogy, or the original oh. trilogy? Oh. I agree with Tony. Actually, for as much as I dislike um, the prequel trilogy, uh, action sequences in—I mean, the light, like the, the Darth Maul Obi Wan Kenobi yep. lightsaber battle alone, 
and, and the Vader and the Vader Obi Wan fight on Mustafar. Um, two two really really terrific action sequences. A lot of great chase sequences. I, I voted for the prequel as well. Right now, seven hours thirty seven minutes left. Original fifty seven percent. Prequel twenty nine. Sequel fourteen percent. Yeah, the prequel to me. You're talking three iconic lightsaber battles, one hell of a good pod race, and a lot of uh, magnificent chase sequences, like you're saying, the big battle in the arena and attack of the clones, uh, the, the you know the fight between you know, Django gets beheaded. I mean, come on. So there you go. Yeah, stuff there. So head on over there and vote. Um, won't be able to vote by the time you hear this podcast because it's, as Dave just said, eight hours basically left to go on this Sunday. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now, get yourself out of the sun or get yourself out of the basement. Get yourself into some sun. Stay warm, though, and pick a side in the greatest rivalry in all of entertainment. Oh, oatmeal raisin. Boy, that's almost favorite. Oh, Gabby, can Elmo have an oatmeal raisin cookie instead, please? Oh, gee, Elmo, that was my last one. No, no, no. Wait, wait, Elmo. Rocco says that he wants the oatmeal raisin cookie. Rocco? Rocco's a rock, Zoe. Rocco won't know the difference. Yes, he will. You can't have that cookie, Elmo. Rocco wants to eat it. How? How is Rocco going to eat that cookie, Zoe? Tell Elmo. Rocco doesn't even have a mouth. Rocco's just a rock. Rocco's not alive. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Picture, you know, it puts me right back up on top again. But this, uh, this man out there, he won't give it to me. The head of the studio, what's his name? Waltz. Waltz. He, he won't give it to me. And uh, he says there's no chance, no chance. A month ago, he bought the movie rights to this book, a bestseller. And the main character is a guy just like me. Why, uh, you know, I wouldn't even have to act, just be myself. Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? What is that nonsense? Look at You spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. 